0: You know, for me I just try to pull on past experiences and I've had this experience before, Uh, you know, coming from the College of Charleston. um, When we played the College of Charleston when I was the head coach at Clemson, I had to experience that uh, just being in the other dugout with and playing against a group of kids that you love um, and and coaching against a program that that you love being a part of. Uh, So uh, I've had that experience before. Um, it's a little bit weird before the game starts just because, you know, as you go into the ballpark or they come into your ballpark, you see the kids and you just remember recruiting them, you remember coaching them and, and just being there with them through good times and through bad times and all those special moments that you spend together. So it's, it's really about the people more than the opponent. Uh, so, uh, but once the game starts, look, it's about, it's about our team versus their team. It's about our players versus their, their players. And, uh, you know, that kind of goes away. Um, and it's, it's about the competition at that point. So I think, you know, really the only uh, weird I – don't, I don't know if weird is necessarily the right word. Uh, the, the thing that makes it different is just the relationships, the close relationships and the bonds that you've had, you know, with those kids, um, you know, that, that you coached uh, at your previous stops. Money, you mentioned the emotion about it. How personally do you kind of handle those emotions going into a game? And is it easier said than done? In the pregame leading up to it, seeing all those guys and probably talking with them. Well, I, I think you know. Ultimately, it's. I'm just not. It's it's not going to be about me. I mean, it's going to be about our team and 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 what I'm trying to do, uh, to help prepare our guys for a for a for a tough series. I think that's that's my my priority and my focus. Um, but ultimately, look, I've been blessed to coach hundreds upon hundreds of kids over the course of my career uh, as a coach. I got into coaching to make a difference in young people's lives and, and to develop relationships with them and try to help them grow in this game and, uh, and see them have success. Uh, so, um, you know, to me, it's, it's just the amount of relationships that I've had because of this game are something that's probably more special to me than anything. So, um, you know, again, when I, when I see those kids, it's about the relationships that, that I have with them. Uh, how much I care for them as people, even though um, we're playing against them, right? And, again, um, you know, so for me, that's what it's all about. It's just about the relationships with the kids. But, um, you know, again, once the game starts and, you know, it, it comes to the competition part, you know, again, it's about their players, uh, you know, versus our players. And it's about the, the competition. It's about the opportunity for both programs and both coaching staffs to, to be a part of the greatest rivalry in college baseball. It's, it's, it's special. You know, every pitch of this rivalry weekend is special uh, to the coaches and to the players. Um, and it, it means a lot to the state of South Carolina. So just, again, just to be a part of it is a, is a, is a special thing. Uh, Kind of stepping away from Clemson for a second, just kind of talking about this offense this year. What have you kind of liked so far, what have you not liked, and where do you kind of evaluate the progress so far as you try to build this identity? Well, I think if you look at our offense, I feel like we've done a lot of great things. Uh, You know, we came into the year uh, feeling like we needed to be an offense that grinded out at bats, uh, that uh, that found ways to get on base by any means necessary. Um, and I think our guys have done a a very good job of that. We're certainly not perfect, and we're certainly still evolving, Um, but ultimately, you look at our run production over the course of nine games, You know, we're in the top five to ten in in just about every offensive category in the country. Uh, Plate discipline's a big deal in our program, and um, our guys have done a tremendous job of staying in the strike zone, taking our walks, taking our HBPs, you know, we wanted to be tougher. We wanted to send a message that we were going to be tougher uh, when it comes to, you know, finding any way that we can to get on base, and I think our guys have done that. We've hit for power. Um, you know, didn't know what level of power we would hit for this year, uh, but, our, you know, up to this point, um, you know, we've done a good job of of, of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, would like for us to be a little bit better situationally with runners in scoring position, but. Uh, you know, oftentimes when you start talking about those types of things, I have found it typically works against you. So if you start talking about we need to do a better job of this and we need to do a better job of that, oftentimes that puts more pressure on your players to perform in those situations. I think you just have to continuously work on the things that you want to be good at and you have to continuously praise your players when they have success. Uh, if there's any lessons that I've learned over my years, you know, constantly praising your players for the things they are doing a good job of you know, continues to keep the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, consistency is my main priority with our team. It's about being the same guy with the same thought process and the same messages every single day, regardless of how the team is performing. And uh, and we expect our players to be even keel and consistent every single day, whether they had a bad day or a good day. And, you know, I, I think we need to – I expect the same out of myself. And our guys have done a tremendous job of that up to this point. So I've been very pleased with how they've done from a scouting report side how beneficial is is having such intimate knowledge of those guys and I imagine you started looking at, at least a little bit of film have you noticed any anything evolve or change a whole lot up there in terms of how they play well you know scouting reports um scouting reports are I don't know if I would say they're overrated or underrated I think the bottom line is as you present the information that you see uh, and that you know about your opponent, and it's up to the players to execute. You know, the, the players have to execute the plan that you give them. Uh, so, uh, you know, even though I'm, I may know a, a decent amount about their team, uh, our pitchers still have to execute pitches, and our, our hitters still have to execute it against their pitchers. Um, and we also know that, that look, things do change. Uh, you know, pitchers, uh, they're trying to execute a plan to get the hitter out to pitch to the hitter's weakness, um, and um, so, you know, scouting reports sometimes can can be overrated. Uh, they're certainly overrated if the player doesn't execute the plan. It's way more important that the player understands the plan and can execute it for the scouting report to be successful. Going back Mike. Hey, Monty. Uh, you know, back to your time at Clemson, uh, you had to have this one circled on your calendar for a while. I mean, I know that you say that it's it's not about you, but. I mean, I'm sure you're getting reminded from, you know, fans, friends, you know, maybe family as well. Just, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? Number one and number two, when you're on the field on Friday night up there, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia for you too, I would imagine. Again, I I, I just use my past experiences. Uh, that that's what I've always tried to draw everything from is my experiences that I've had over the years. Uh, you know, you get those pregame jitters when you go into the ballpark and I'm sure that, you know, for me personally, I'll probably feel a little bit of that getting off the bus and going into the ballpark. I am human. Um, you know, I'll remember all the, the great times that I had there, you know, it kind of brings back, you know, all the great memories, you know, that I had while, while coaching at Clemson. Um, But I've always been able to try to put all – I've been able to put all of that aside once the game starts. I mean, I I try to remain pretty calm during the game. Obviously, my job is to cheer on the players and and, uh, try to coach the players during the game. And I I feel like I can put those things, you know, to the side and just focus on the game at hand. Um, And it just takes time, right? I mean, it just takes over the years of just doing it. uh, You know, I – I have we all have to remind ourselves that coaches you know that once the game starts you know we we're we're pretty dang overrated you know the players are the ones playing you know we we really don't do a whole lot you know during the game in terms of how the outcome of the game goes again whatever decisions we make whatever plan we have it's about the players executing it so you know my role is going to be to try to help them execute the plan to win a game and and um, i think i'll be you know okay you know once the game starts it'll be like like, uh, you know, like most games, it's the competition and the heat of the battle between, uh, between the lines. Send it back Hi, Coach. You talk so much about how, with your experiences, this is how you're going to handle the emotions, but a lot of the Clemson transfers on South Carolina's team haven't had those experiences yet. How do you kind of convey how your approach is, very mature, um, mm. how do you convey that to your players when they head up there this weekend? We just need to be calm, cool, and collected. and and just do everything we can to control our emotions. I mean, I think that's the key. Uh, just And and that starts in batting practice. It's just, you know, whatever our approach is going to be in that game, we want to make sure that we game plan that in our practice routine and we get a feel for the ballpark. Uh, But we try to be as loose as we possibly can and as calm as we possibly can because we know, you know, once the national anthem starts and – their starting pitcher goes out there. The emotions are gonna gonna rise a little bit, and you know guys tend to overthrow and guys tend to overswing, and uh, you know that adrenaline gets going. Uh, but you know once you get through the first inning and things tend to kind of calm down a little bit. You know that all that that stress, anxiety, and uh, adrenaline you know tends to wear down just a little bit, and and the guys you know tend to play play their game. And I think the key for us is is just. Is, is just don't let the moment become too big, you know, just stay calm, uh, prepare, uh, understand what we're trying to do and, and just execute the game plan. I think typically the teams that try to do too much, it, it backfires, you know, on them in games like this. It's just, just play your game. Up to your left, no. Coach, uh, you mentioned earlier this is the greatest rivalry in college baseball. Can you just talk a little bit more about what this rivalry means to you? Uh, well, um, this is my seventh year uh, at South Carolina uh, as an assistant coach, and, and I had seven years as a head coach at Clemson. So, you know, once this weekend's over, I mean, just imagine, um, you know, someone from the state of South Carolina uh, just being able to say that they've been able to coach, uh, you know, 14 series, I guess, uh, in, in the rivalry over the course of their career. It's just uh, it's very humbling. Um, and it's something that I'm very proud of, and you know, quite honestly, just to be a part of it uh, on on both sides of it. Uh, so uh, you know, sometimes you just have to pinch yourself that you know God puts you in this position. Uh, so uh, just very grateful uh, for for the opportunities that that I have had personally, and just to be a part of it's been very very special to me. Well, you've had three different leadoff hitters to to start the year: Carson, mm-hmm. then Town, Will last night. Where do you guys feel like you are in, in evaluating that spot and what did you yeah. see from, from Will especially last night? Well, Will gave us two really good at-bats last night. Obviously led off the game with an opposite field home run and had a two-strike double uh, later in the ball game um, or extra base hit. can't remember if it was a double or a triple, but, uh, you know, juiced the ball to left center field and a no-two count on a hanging breaking ball against her best reliever. So, I think he's shown the ability, you know, Will's shown the ability to have high leverage at-bats. Um, you know, is he a true leadoff guy? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, we, we've been using Carson there, Hornig. And, look, Hornig's an on-base machine type guy. You know, we just need to get him going a little bit, and I think he will. You know, sometimes with all these guys, um, you know, the ball just has to go through the hoop in that role for them to, you know, get it going, and I think Carson certainly will. Um, so, you know, I think it'll, it'll be probably dependent upon the matchup, you know, who we're facing each game. Um, as we try to determine, you know, who, are, who is the best guy to put in the leadoff spot on that given day. Uh, but, you know, it, I think, you know, by the end of this weekend going into SEC play, you know, as we get closer to that, I think we need to, you know, we, we probably feel like we'll have a, a much better feel for, you know, who we need to put where and how we need to go about doing it. But right now we're probably going to experiment a little bit until we find that right, that right guy for that spot. On Friday, going back to uh, Doug Kingsmore, what kind of reception do you think you'll receive from the Clemson fans as you look back at your time there, your relationship with them? How do you think they'll greet you? Well, you know, who, who knows, right? I mean, I, I have no idea. I just, uh, I've always tried to live by a very simple principle. I try to uh, treat people the way that I would want to be treated. And, you know, the people uh, at Clemson were, were great to me, uh, have many great relationships there. Uh, with a lot of people, and you know, if I get a chance to say hello to them uh, while I'm there, I, I'd love to, uh, you know. But ultimately, uh, you know, it's it's about me going up there trying to help our team win a ball game and prepare for the Clemson Tigers. And uh, so, my responsibility and focus is going to be on on our team. But you know, there's a lot of people. Look, just like when I came here. Uh, as the head coach at Clemson. There's so many people that I had great relationships here, you know, when I was assistant coach, every time we play here, they'd come by and say hello. It makes you feel good, right? I mean, we're all human, Uh, but it just, again, just the idea of, uh, you know, just just having good relationships everywhere, and that that matters a lot to me. Uh, So if I have the opportunity to say hello to some folks who who I know uh, from Clemson, I certainly will. Uh, But uh, my primary focus is just going to be, you know, trying to help our guys I'll go out there and play our best baseball in a tough environment against a good club. I'm gonna go way off topic with you. Um, you've got three guys from Chapin who are all playing a big role on, on your pitching staff. Mm-hmm. College of Charleston has one down down there as well, four guys on, on the same pitching staff. What does that say about that team and, and you know you've been in the state for a long time, you mm-hmm. know, going back to your golf days, have you mm-hmm. have you seen something like that particularly often? I don't know if I have. Uh, that is a – that's a great question. I mean, when you look at the guys, you know, that, that we have that are pitching at the end of the ball ballgames uh, for us that are from Chapin along with, uh, you know, Privet down at CFC, uh, just to have that amount of arm talent out of one high school, out of one area, says an awful lot. It also says an awful lot about the coaching staff at Chapin High School and their ability to develop pitching. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's certainly uh, – an an impressive thing to look at, and I know King mentioned that the other day in in one of our meetings. And I hadn't really thought about it up until that point. So, uh, yeah, that's um, it, that's a pretty impressive uh, thing to think about. That you know all those talented arms and and guys that can really pitch came out of one high school. What have you seen from Cassis so far this season, as well as uh, the other transfers? Uh, well, Gavin. Gavin has has been tremendous for us. Uh, You know, he obviously, you know, the one thing that stands out obviously is the power, uh, but he also has shown great plate discipline uh, and the ability to lay off pitches. He takes his walks, so he gets on base a lot, uh, but he is a threat. And the the thing that has stood out to me about him most recently is the two-strike hits. He's had some big two-strike hits. I mean, uh, had a a big two-strike hit yesterday, uh, had a big two-strike hit against Penn, hit a two-strike homer. Uh, he's just done a really good job with two strikes. He's not just a guy that swing, you know, that that is up there trying to hit home runs. We we feel like Gavin is a complete hitter. He also works harder than anybody um, in the locker room when it comes to his swing. I mean, the guy is in the cages uh, nonstop, uh, just trying to, you know, uh, consistently work on his craft and get better and better every single day. He's a he's a hitting nut. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, McGillis has been phenomenal, another guy that works very, very hard. McGillis is, uh, has a veteran mindset. He's very, very mature, very smart young man, maximizes his ability. Uh, Caleb Denny's more cerebral, you know, doesn't, doesn't talk a whole lot. He's a kind of a, uh, you know, he punches the clock every day and, and gives you consistent at-bats and consistent work. I love his demeanor. Uh, one of the things I like about, uh, you know, all these guys is just their demeanor. You know, they show that, that veteran mature demeanor in the locker room, in the cages, out on the field. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these guys that have come in out of the portal uh, have done a great job of not only working hard, uh, but also, you know, having the, the winning makeup and the winning mindsets that, that we're looking for. Monty, you mentioned situationally you like to see this team – improve and maybe be a little bit more consistent. What have you seen from your team in terms of situationally? And, and mm-hmm. is it just the at bat, the two strike approach? What What mm-hmm. is about it that's maybe been up and down or inconsistent? Well, I think again, you know, we, I think we tend to make too much of it. You know, again, um, you know, people are always going to try to look at things that you're not doing well. Well, the strikeout numbers are, you know, fairly high. Well, our walk numbers are fairly high. Well, how do you walk? You know, I mean, look at how many times, you know, when you look at – when you look at the walk, that means you've, you've seen bare minimum of four pitches. A lot of times when our guys walk, they're seeing six, seven, eight pitches. Well, when you see six, seven, eight pitches, what can also happen, right? You, you can strike out some. Teams that walk tend to strike out. I mean, when you look at some of the great teams when it comes to high walk numbers, uh, you know, your Florida States with Mike Martin, you know, back in those days. I know what it was like to pitch to those teams. Those teams would walk a ton. It'd also strike out a good bit so I mean you got to give something to get something I think that's the important thing to understand like the end of the day the strike zone is a strike zone we don't want to swing out of the strike zone okay I've charted swing decisions every year I've been a head coach okay in one fall okay um we had five hits on balls okay So when you start talking about the strike zone and what we look for our guys to do, we want to stay in the strike zone. And if that means we take borderline pitches that are called strikes, so be it. I don't want our guys swinging out of the strike zone. So that being said, uh, you know, sometimes when you get with runners in scoring position, what the guys tend to do. Once the mindset is, was, well, we got to do a better job of hitting with runners in scoring position, now all of a sudden they start swinging at everything. So there's a balance there, right? I think it's just about sticking to your approach. You get runners in scoring position, don't try to do too much. Use the whole field. Put good swings on strikes and good things will happen. So I think, again, it's just about sticking to the process, believing in the guys. and. Not spending a ton of time talking about things that that we struggle with, you talking about it is not going to get you anywhere. You got to work on it. You know, it's just just we work on the things that that we value and that we think are important in winning games, and we got to do that consistently and daily for for guys to improve in those areas. So it's more about doing it than talking about it. So you worked for Ray Tanner and you replaced Jack Leggett, and of course Jack, I guess, was around some uh, when you were up there. So. Your experiences with those two, being a young coach, having contact with two Hall of Fame coaches, what did mm-hmm. you learn or take away from both that's kind of helped make you the coach you are today? Well, I worked with Ray for six years, uh, so I was with him every single day for six years. I don't know if you can have a better apprenticeship as a young assistant coach than working for Ray Tanner. Um, first of all, he's probably the most um, competitive human being I've, I've ever been in a dugout with. Uh, just, you know, he, he, he lived and died with, with every pitch. He was incredibly fiery and intense and competitive. Uh, and I think his teams showed that. And, and, you know, they tend to take on the personality of the head coach. The teams that, that Ray coached were certainly like that. Uh, so I, I learned a lot about just competing every pitch. You know, something that I talk about even to this day, and, and I saw it firsthand as a young assistant working for Ray. Um, just how much he valued everything, how much he valued he valued defense, base running, hitting, hitting for power, situational hitting. I mean, there was no stone that was that was, you know, not turned over when you when you worked for him that, that he didn't value. So uh, but he also had a, a very unique way to make everybody around him feel special and important to the process of winning games here. And he was also very simple. The things that were important to him with a baseball team, everybody knew them because he talked about them constantly. And it was it was simple enough for everybody to understand. So I, I think that was the beauty of Coach Tanner, was his simplicity, his intensity, uh, and the fact that he made everybody feel important uh, that worked for him. People loved working uh, for Coach Tanner, uh, if you were on his staff, because he just made you feel like you were very important to that process. Uh, so I learned an awful lot uh, from Ray. And it's amazing how much, you know, I, re- I, I didn't realize how much I had learned from him until I became a head coach. Once I became a head coach, I started to realize I was saying a lot of the same things that that he said and doing a lot of the same things that he did. And it just, you you know, sometimes you don't appreciate it until you're no longer there. And I certainly appreciate it while I was here, but I appreciated an awful lot even more when I became a head coach. Um, You know, I I didn't know Coach Leggett quite as well um, and didn't spend very much time with Coach Leggett. when when I came in, um, the the thing that stood out was just how disciplined his players were. You know, my first year at Clemson, uh, the discipline of the players, uh, the work ethic of the players. You know, uh, you know how hard they practiced. Uh, that was apparent. You know, when I got there, just implementing my system and the way that I did things, they had no problem doing it because of they had. Uh, they had the ability to go out and really grind and work super, super hard. So that, you know, those first couple of years of having Coach Leggett's players, uh, you knew you had kids that were built to work and were built to compete. He did a, a great job of, of developing uh, players. So, um, you know, those, that was probably the thing that stood out to me coming into Clemson was how disciplined the kids were, uh, how important uh, the classroom was to them, the weight room was to them. Practicing hard, those types of things, he instilled a lot of of of, of great traits in his players that um, you know it made it easy to come in and and coach those kids uh, after uh, you know after he left. Hey, coach, uh, I know you earlier you talked about a lot of this experience on their team, like McGillis, but I kind of want to focus on the young gun Petrie's had phenomenal start to the year, twelve for twenty-six. What are we looking for this series in Clemson, and then as we move on to SEC play? Just you know, Petrie's done a great job of. Um, you know, he's, he, he has power, right? But he's also a really good hitter. And I, and I think for, for Petri, uh, for Ethan, it's just continuing to understand that we need him to continue to be just a good hitter. You know, he's come up with some huge two-strike hits. Uh, you know, last night, uh, high leverage situation late in the game, first pitch breaking ball over the plate, he hits a sack fly to right field on the first pitch, right? He just has those team at bats uh, that really stand out to me and, and to the rest of his teammates. Uh, and uh, it, you usually don't see that as a freshman. You know, a lot of times freshmen, they're just trying to do everything they can to stay in the lineup. And this guy's, you know, having veteran type at-bats, at you know, already. So I think that's the key for him. It's just don't try to do too much. Just be yourself, keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's certainly working and you're helping us win games. Just curious, Coach, if someone would have told you a year ago that you'd be headed into this series, the Clemson-Carolina series, on the Carolina side, what would you have said? I don't know. I mean, you know, th- things change. I mean, I, I think ultimately, uh, um, you know, when everything happened, you know, last year at the end of the year, I really had no idea of where I would be and what I would be doing. Um, so, um, you know, just to get this opportunity has been a blessing. It really has to be able to come back to a place uh, where it kind of all started, and I grew up 30 minutes from here, uh, so just being able to come back and coach here, it's, it's been awesome to be a part of this staff and work with these players. Um, you know, to it, I certainly wouldn't have thought uh, a year ago that that I would be uh, you know sitting here today, uh, but it's worked out the way that it's worked out, and and I'm I'm just blessed to be here. I'm super happy to be here. It's it's been it's been great.